3: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's Wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. Hey, guess what
5: White Sox fans? My name is Brett Valentini. It is Southside Sox Mothership Podcast number 96. We are here to share with you the unmitigated joy of being a Chicago White Sox fan. Yes, as Crystal O'Keefe put it, the White Sox made great moves today. What else do you need to say? That's the theme of this podcast. We have a bunch of people to get to, we have a very wide round table and discussing all the good things that happened today. And okay, in the second half, one thing that wasn't so great. Uh, but let's go around first and <sighs> get things started. Oh my gosh, we got heavy hitters on this podcast. We are going out to the West Coast. The man, the myth. Ah, he's he's optimistic and he's extra optimistic today. It is Sox Optimist. Welcome to your first official group podcast uh how are you feeling
0: today i really hope my mic's working is my mic working we can hear i can hear
5: you and what else matters
0: thank god that would have been hilarious if you gave me that big intro and it was just like
5: oh we would have made fun of you it's cool
0: uh how you doing man what a day holy shit
5: yeah it's exciting
0: that's really all i got to say okay keep keep moving down the line all
5: right all right go to the top corner on the right to block um not necessarily a nickname for this podcast it's Adrian Serrano how are you feeling today
1: Adrian I'm doing pretty well um i got some uh, breaking news just now that mm-hmm. it seems like the goosehead is going to be retained by the white Sox as a high leverage lefty out of the pen so <laughs> we're we're winning all day today
5: or you know they just got extra money they don't need they don't desperately need that miller light or whoever money now so it's like yeah alright keep the goose up <laughs> Uh, okay. Trooper, do not play him off keyboard. Cat is Trooper Galactus. Uh, he is up now. Um, can be critical of the white Sox. I believe a little bit is turned today. Trooper, how are you feeling?
6: Oh, pretty good. You know, it's, it was nice to find out that Rick Hahn and I have something in common. Neither of us is a fan of the white Sox.
5: <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll let, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you and let you explain there again. Uh, uh, shepherding our our happy white Sox content today breaking news terrific work she did uh at this point she's my right hand gal man uh uh, manning and womaning the uh, indianapolis field office all alone no Jerry joe reese's today it is crystal o'keefe crystal i think we already know but how you feeling today
2: you know pretty pretty good pretty confident for a change um yeah like we actually have a good player on our team now so (laughs) That's cool. I'm gonna really miss Jake Berger though. I'm bummed. But also you no know, Zach Collins. So like I'm just just happy on another level today.
5: A severe lack of dubs dancing, but I somehow I think you're gonna be able to get faster, Crystal. Uh Next up, uh, listen, we know he's he's got to be pretty – he can be tough on the White Sox too, but he got to be pretty happy today. It's Father Soxivus himself. He has joined, again, l- lending his name to this podcast, heavy-hitting podcast today. Tommy Barbie, you feeling all right today?
3: I am feeling good. I, I cannot remember the last time I – you know, the Sox traded for a player I genuinely liked on another team
5: <laughs> no kidding. Um,
3: it, it's been a very long time but I, I'm feeling good
5: and finally the baddest ass of all the badasses on this podcast she's back she's out of the hospital she's 150 percent not 90 percent she's not 100 150 percent and probably feeling pretty good Dealey Richie how's it going
4: well, great. I'm out of, I, I've been out for like two weeks now. So, uh, sadly no diagnosis. Can't really oh. tell what's wrong with me, but <laughs> thankfully, um, the White Sox maybe heard about my magical comeback, uh, and they got rid of Zach Collins for me. So you know what? That healed any ailment I had. Um, but I also like Crystal. I'm upset because I love Jake Berger. He is. He should be proud that he made my mom cry. Um, And that's hard to do because in his post game interview, first game up, I'm like, hmm, way to make me attached to you. But I love AJ Pollock. So I'm really excited. I've been tech, I've tried to message my friend who's a Dodgers fan to be like, give me everything you have on him because I need to know everything. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I'll come back. But.
5: Okay. Thank you, Delia. Okay. Now listen, uh, obviously this is the trade that no one thought could happen, uh, as in all our different messagings you know, today, internally, uh, on you know, social media and whatnot. Um, you know, we gave credit to James Fox who did claim that somehow the White Sox were going to be able to rid themselves of Craig Kimbrel and pay zero money, which seemed absolutely, it seemed like a, it seemed like a prank. Um, and again, he even admitted today that he was getting nervous that that would happen as well he should be because that's crazy this should not have happened your reactions to learning about a trade that being Craig Kimball straight up for AJ Pollock without even a big investment into Pollock he basically is probably going to be gone next year he has a player option he's probably going to exercise and take off so this is really one year commitment doesn't Clog up, say, this uh, right field train that we got coming up. <laughs> maybe too late for Mikers. Sorry. Sorry, Father Sosimus. Maybe too late. But this is a deal that absolutely shouldn't have happened. Rick Hunt really should just stay out of free agency and just make trades. He seems to do very well with them. Uh, is this, I mean, are you as shocked as I am? This is just delightful. It is Christmas in April.
1: I think that the biggest surprise was that I think as we've seen, like the, the offers weren't there that they thought were going to be there. They thought they were going to easily get rid of all 16 million and maybe pick up some younger guys and, you know, figure something out. The fact that they brought back 10 million in uh, Pollock shows that like, all right, we're going to prioritize getting the best player fit we can rather than just trying to get the most savings we can. And I think at least as a Sox fan, that makes me feel a little better about this offseason so far.
6: Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a lot more than I thought they'd get back. Um there is uh obviously I think I think both sides kind of look at this as they're taking on just a different form of risk uh with a different form of upside. In the case of Kim- Kimbrel obviously he's had a track record a recent track record of being really really bad with spurts of being yeah. exceptionally good. And Pollock is kind of the same thing for the outfield. He's had he's he was outstanding last season and he's generally been very good. But with Pollock, the issue has always been, is he going to be healthy? Um, Cause it, it, this is a guy who doesn't tend to play more than like 110 games a season. So it's, it works out well for both teams. Kudos to Han for, for finding a partner that the trade worked for. And the the money kind of evens out really because uh, Pollock is only making 10 million this year, but I believe his buyout is for $5 million. So if White Sox don't choose to, Keep him around, which I believe there's escalators in the contract as well. So if he like goes out and has an awesome year, mm-hmm. like it becomes more expensive, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But regardless, it's uh you know it's not really sinking them any deeper into the into the fire monetarily, and it's getting them something they needed more than well up until today, I suppose something they needed more than a relief arm. Uh, I guess that was why I was even more surprised. I was like, man, now you trade a relief arm. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. that,
5: it, it, it's basically a $15 million commitment. So the, the, the money's pretty even up. Um, but again, similar to a guy we decided not to give a qualify offer to, if you can get that kind of war production, um, uh, even from two thirds of a season, Oh man, I, you're going to be really, really happy with that. And you're going to beg him to stay uh, for one more uh, year. Other reactions, this had to be pretty, I and mean, this was, you know, I mean, we, we saw it even internally in our communications on on Slack. I mean, it, it was jaw dropping. Everybody was just like, I mean, this really can't be. And on April Fool's Day, you gotta be a little skeptical.
4: <laughs> I, I will say I was walking to, uh, campus. So I got like everyone's notifications, like <laughs> right in order. And I'm like, do I like go to class right now? Do I skip? I went to class. I'm a good student. Um, Mom, if you're listening, I went to class. Um, but like I opened my phone and I'm like and so everyone that was coming this way towards me were like, Good God, did she find out some life-altering news? And like, I did, I did. <laughs> um the White Sox made a good trade. Uh it was insane.
2: I was just refusing to believe anything on Twitter today because honestly, I'm just a pessimist anyway. But yeah. I, then it just kept happening. And like, I have the score app on my phone and they are reporting on it. And I was like, Oh my God, did they actually do something that I approve of? Like, thank you. I needed this. Um, But yeah, I didn't want to believe it at all today. And I'm still kind of in shock that it happened because he's like really good as long as he's healthy and Kimbrel's like really bad, even with great health. So uh man it was a good day (laughs) (laughs) okay
5: matt tommy i'm going to direct your response you don't have to answer this if you don't want to is there any chance i mean we've been skeptical to you know uh, regarding you know han and this the whole idea of even picking up the options just like a no-brainer uh is there any chance he had this in his back? I mean, Dodgers are overloading the outfield. Is there a chance he's had this in his back pocket all along and, and we just was holding out? Or was this just really great fortune to rush up on him uh, quickly? What, what's your thought on it? Or just reactions to what happened?
0: Well, I think the Jansen stuff probably predicated this yeah. a little bit. Um, but if that was in his back pocket the whole time, man, like you could pull that trigger a long time ago for sure. <laughs> and my, my reaction today being two to three hours behind some of you guys. And I was out pretty late last night too. So I woke up to this news um, and did what anybody does, which is try to think of the funniest tweet that you can tweet about it. And then once I figured that out, uh, my so I'm on a text thread with a bunch of dudes I play baseball with out here in Los Angeles. And um, I feel like the indicator, the, the, the most belly centric indicator you can get on a trade in terms of who won a trade is how the opposing team the other, reacts to yeah. said trade. And I will tell you what, there are some sad <laughs> oh. dudes on my phone this morning. Yes. And that seems like, uh, to me, as good an indicator as any. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't think Han was, was sitting on this deal. I mean, there, there, was, it, it, there has been indications for a while that right field was going to be a problem. I don't, I mean, maybe Han thought somehow there would be another team that was some you know more desperate to spend money on a correct Kimbrel, but I I just don't see that being the case so you know I good on him for for taking advantage of it I'm I'm pretty sure he got the phone call and couldn't say yes fast enough and probably offered to drive AJ over you know (laughs) to and you know get him fitted for a White Sox uniform all, all by himself but I I think it's a uh really beneficial trade, and I know there's a lot of concern about um, his health, but even playing 100 games, he's going to put out more production than the White Sox have seen in a very long time in, in right field.
5: Yeah, exclusive and- exclusive photos on Southside Sox tomorrow, you will see actually Rick Hahn Carrying both because of injury concerns and just because he was so darn happy, carrying A.J. Pollock over the moat between the two camps at Camelback Ranch just to make sure he was delivered there safely and got him quickly before the Dodgers could say, hey, wait, no, you didn't get the rest of the text that we sent you, all the other stuff we were going to get, like all the money Money we were going to get stuck with. (laughs) Yeah, too late. I got him. He's in my arms.
2: (laughs) Or if he just actually is in on this and it was an April Fool's Day joke and A.J. is actually not coming, we're going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to be like, just kidding.
4: And put a, that out there.
2: I am <laughs> an, an eternal pessimist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't you
4: dare put that but, evil on me, Crystal. Think of Rachel. I don't want her to. That's,
2: yeah, that's fair. I no, mean,
6: there is there is the caveat to this whole thing that, like, when I read about it, and once I got past the fact that, no, this is not like somebody's bad idea of an April Fool's joke, um, the first thing I thought to myself was kind of like the same thing I thought when people were talking about trading Kimbrel for another Dodgers outfielder Cody Bellinger in that the Dodgers are a pretty well-run organization for the last decade, roughly. And they tend to make pretty good moves for the most part. They tend to bring in good talent and they've got good evaluation of major league talent as well. And they've always kept like a ton of depth across their roster. Like we've been screaming for Jock Peterson as our right fielder for the past, like, it seems like forever. And they've treated him like a fifth outfielder. So, you know, they've stacked depth all these years. And the only, and the only thing that has given me pause about this whole thing that keeps me from being 100% just elated about it is are they trading him for a reason? (laughs) Like, did they see something or they know something that they're just kind of like, eh? here you go. He's, kind of damaged goods, and we'll take your damaged goods, and we'll both try and make the best out of it, but we'll see.
3: Probably.
1: But, I, mean. <laughs> I, think, I think it's more that uh, I think it's more they really have uh, gotten to look at Blake Traynon and say that uh, he's really good, but we're not sure if he's ready to be a closer yet, and something about them liking a big, you know, swaggering closer out there, even though there's just left.
3: Yeah, I mean, A.J. Pollock's 34 years old. So, I mean, I, I, pro- there's probably an element to that. I don't think this is going to be like Alex Rios level bad, where it's just like, you know, here, well, we're giving you away, uh, this player away for nothing because we know he's at the absolute end of his career. I just think it's, it's not worth the risk anymore for the Dodgers. And the upside of having somebody like a Kimbrel who, you know, I've said all along, put him in a closing situation. I bet he'll perform well. He'll probably work well with the Dodgers pitching coaches. And that's a guy that you can flip at the deadline if need be. And the Dodgers are always a team that tinkers around the deadline to find guys they can pull in. And that's the perfect guy to have on your roster for that purpose. So, I mean, I think it was, beneficial for both sides but yeah I, I totally understand having that tinge of you know what's what's really happening here is this really an april
6: fool's joke isn't Kimbrel 34 also i mean <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah yeah okay we've what got if, the
2: we've got what the, if the dodgers just want like a Kimbrel kid for some like good um highlights for their season since they have like an absolute garbage person on their team they're like we're gonna deflect and we're going to bring the Kimbrel kid back and we'll finally be seen as better people.
0: You should be head of PR for the Dodgers. That's pretty good.
2: Thank you. I'm going to apply tomorrow.
4: I think, yeah, Crystal, that's probably the greatest PR conception they'll have um, because God knows they're probably fielding left and right. Like, what can we do to make us better as a Dodgers? There's, def-
0: there's definitely not enough PR people in LA. You should definitely <laughs> get out here.
4: I don't think there's a lot of people with morals in LA. Honestly, like I don't think there's hey, a lot.
0: Hold on now. <laughs> Slow it down. I mean,
4: like in terms of people that were raised there, like born, not okay. transplants. Like I feel like if Big you West, go West Coast or East Coast, they kind of bring the whole uppity moral goodness thing.
0: But we like could, <laughs> we can have a side yeah. co- convo on this. I I could talk all yeah. day.
5: Yes, this is, this will be Patreon exclusive content. This will be, uh, podcast 96, uh, A. Okay. Tommy Barbie has addressed the buyer's remorse portion of the podcast. Terrific. Thank you, Tommy, for doing that. Uh, uh wonderful of you. Uh, listen, as if, as is this a prank? It's, we're still what a year from the worst prank ever. It's never to... Go- Even if this was a prank, it's not going to be worse than hiring Tony LaRusa as your manager. So do your worst white Sox. You can't kill us worse than that one, but please just get him in uniform, get him out there tomorrow. Let's see the guy play. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Uh, We're gonna talk about other stuff that happened. um, Well, mostly good, uh, some bad. Uh, In a second, we're gonna take a quick break and be back, Uh, stick with us for the second half of this podcast.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment
5: Hey, listen, White Sox fans, we've got a big group here. It's podcast number 96. I'm Brett Valentini. Lucky enough to host this. We've had side conversations. There's debates about, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the moral uh, turpitude of uh, residents, uh, transplants or otherwise. Uh, should we already be feeling remorse about getting rid of Craig Campbell? Oh, man, all those sorts of things I didn't expect were necessarily going to come up in this podcast. But we're here. We're doing it. And we're doing it for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Big, big news day. Crystal O'Keefe in the middle square. I don't know how it shows up if you're watching, but for she, for me, she's the middle square. I'm going to take her to block anytime. She wrote a great piece for us today, ah, bringing the great, great news. And part of that was that Lucas Giolito, after apparently some sort of humorous, uh, maybe a little bit of uh, hard Scrabble talk with the big man, Jerry Reinsdorf came to an agreement, got himself paid to some degree. I don't remember what the original numbers were. I'm guessing they pretty much split the difference. I don't know. Uh, is this something uh, to the group? Is this something that uh, makes you feel a little bit better about Lucas sticking around past 2023? Uh, or is this just, okay, little bit of damage control, got him back,
2: seems happy.
5: Now maybe let's work. Is there any chance and any sort of extension? This Lucas seems like a guy's going to test free agency.
2: I actually saw something earlier. I think maybe James Feagan had tweeted or or something to that effect. And he said like, he was actually really happy and in a good place. And, you know, they had a nice long 10 minute walk to discuss this and he really feels like he's in a good place now. Oh, no, it was with, it was with Chuck on the broadcast um, that he just, he feels better about it. So now I'm just like, okay, well, maybe he's not going to be on the Mets soon. Let's just cross our fingers on that one. But I am relieved that it seems like they worked things out. I would love to hear Rick Giolito's point of view if he could tweet that out. That would be interesting, though.
5: Rick's about three scotches in, but yeah, he can still tweet, please. That's the best time to tweet.
1: Yes. My math is not the best, but if the, my math is correct, I believe the offer that they settled on is $50,000 less than Giolito's uh, posted offer, which is exactly where this all started at. So they agreed to what, they should have agreed to and not let this become a story. But as the white Sox tend to do, they like these things become a story and then circle back around and ask Tony again. And he doubles down. Yeah. But Adrian, the good news is sometimes it just goes, it's
5: just an ellipses to nowhere. And I mean, at least, okay. So there is actually a beginning and end. It's sort of ugly, but there is an end to this one. So, all right. It's you just, know, for the yeah. white socks, that's, that's a kudos.
1: At the end of the day, it's business. I don't know if it has any bearing on how good of a chance they want to uh retain lucas the only way they're going to retain lucas is with a real offer and we'll have time will tell if they make him one. Oh
5: man yeah let's just enjoy this for today because we start contemplating that oh yikes we all sweat a little bit more uh other reactions to having lucas listen he's he's the ace whether he's gonna be the open day starter whether you you prefer you know lance Lynn, whatever lucas is the guy who could be here long term could be here forever You know, he could be a lifetime White Sox in theory. Uh, He's the guy who comes out. He's the bulldog. He's the leader. He's the player rep. (laughs) Sorry, Sox. Um, Pretty important to have him, you know, happy, not even at the last minute, but but pretty happy going into the season.
6: Um, Trying to look at this from like, at least as positively as I can. I think that Jerry getting directly involved is a positive sign and maybe a sign that they're looking at actually Offering him a serious deal that isn't necessarily just the team trying to, you know, squeeze as many of his uh, free agent years out of him at as low a cost possible, but making like a preparing to make a legit serious offer to keep him on the team that he wouldn't just because I believe the the offer the last offer they made they just they didn't even respond to it because it was nowhere near what they were looking. For. So if if Jerry's involved, then maybe the numbers are maybe maybe they're talking real numbers. So.
5: Yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to be a white socks offer. I mean, it's, it's not going to be a free agent offer, but yeah, is it going to be a, a lame don't even respond offer? Is it going to be something that's like, this is really the best we can do. And can you, can you give us that hometown discount that doesn't seem like you're compromising yourself too badly? There's just no way they're going to blow away the free market. They're not going to take out the Mets or the Dodgers, you know, in an offer, but you know, hopefully you're right. This is a hopefully a good sign. in that, you know,
6: And then maybe that- is the first maybe they look at giolito and see the first guy they signed nine figures but i don't i doubt that but it it's it'd be nice to see uh for a guy who i think has earned it
5: well another year inflation is going to just jack everything up so really those dollars won't be quite as expensive yeah nine figures might not be so scary in another year who knows maybe jerry's so clever. He's so clever. Uh, I think there was a little bit of uh, addressing the catcher situation. I don't think there's too much to make of it because just minding Grinnell, you know, wants to play like 160 games uh, this year, uh, which would be great. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. Is it Sebi Zavala? Is it um, someone to be determined? Is it Nick uh, Shufo? I don't even think this is how you pronounce his name. Nick Shufo? Shufo. Nick Shufo. Um, is it going to be Nick Shufo, uh, a veteran? Uh, backstop backing up uh, is Midinger doll or should we even be spending time talking about this?
1: Cause who cares? It's going to be Nick Shufo defensive guy. He's just that guy that we wanted last year. They realized that having those young kids out there handling that pitching staff is just not the way to uh, Mm -hmm. keep your pitchers happy and win ball games. So um, we're going to see a lot more veteran uh, leadership in that role.
0: How's his bat? I, I legitimately don't know much about the guy. It is a backup catcher's bat. (laughs) He's defensive
3: oriented. We'll frame it that way.
4: (laughs) So what you're saying is he can frame pitches and catch the ball. Yes, he can do what catches do. My bar is in hell for backup catchers.
5: So, yeah, we, when, when even Sebi sort of caught the Zach Collins disease and like couldn't throw anymore, he couldn't block anything. Tony's yelling at him. Uh, what a what a catastrophe. Okay, uh, let's let's address even on this happy, happy podcast. Again, okay, sorry, Crystal, we got to divert from your story a little bit to go to mind. The bad news, of course, uh, Garrett Crochet, not necessarily going to be this crucial, crucial piece, even though people were aspiring to have him be the Michael Kopech of the staff this year. Uh, hurt, uh, yesterday, uh, ha- seemingly has pretty much always been hurt. This is maybe even going back to college has always had something nagging him, uh, big velocity guy, interesting motion, you know, that all that Chris sale fear. Uh, I guess we're seeing come maybe more to roost with the White Sox at least in Garrett Crochet, not in Chris sale, uh, going to be out seems likely, uh, with Tommy John surgery, going to be out the season, maybe comes back about a year from now. Uh, how bad, big a hit is that going to be for the White Sox? Uh, it clearly is a hit, but is this something the Sox can easily overcome given what seems like an, an endless, a cavalcade of high-velocity relief pitchers they have in the system?
2: I feel like we are one injury away from having a terrible bullpen because i think yeah exactly. the one in the one
1: injury would be aaron bummer if aaron bummer has an injury there's a problem <laughs> you know yeah. for sure because there's just not enough left-handed uh firepower but yeah it's concerning uh, joe and
4: kelly Miller is injury prone oh shoot, yeah. yeah joe kelly i
2: just remembered that he's also injured yeah <laughs>
1: joey com- no. <laughs> come through that door anytime soon <laughs> yeah early on it's going to be interesting he's going to have a little bit of time for tony to do some uh you know, go out there and show me what you got, because we're going to start the season with three bullpen arms gone with Kimbrel, uh, Crochet, and uh, Kelly starting on the aisle. I can't
3: believe I'm going to say this. I I am the voice of optimism here. Yeah. I was Um, going to
5: ask for it. And I agree, Tommy, but go ahead.
3: Developing bullpen arms is the one thing the White Sox are good at. Every year, there's some random dude that you've <laughs> never heard of that's fallen out with like every other organization and for whatever reason does well with the White Sox. Right. And frankly, given how Tony La Russa manages, finding a left-handed arm is probably easier than it would be in other circumstances. And I think it's a good thing that whatever was going on with Garrett Crochet is now being dealt with with the Tommy John surgery because he just never looked comfortable since his breakthrough rookie year. He just looked like a guy that was fighting himself, fighting his body, and couldn't quite figure out the mechanics and what he needed to do to be the guy that the White Sox needed him to be. So I think it's really, it sucks from a development standpoint. I know that's a year Further off, before we find out, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? What is he? But I just think that I would rather him come into a season completely fresh, being able to focus on being the best version of himself that he can be, as opposed to just fighting himself and, and trying to do more than he can.
4: I mean, that was actually kind of beautiful. What you just said there, like yeah, he, he finds like he, he's the best version of himself. Like that's all we can hope for, for anyone. Um, but yeah, with Garrett, it's a huge hit. And I was actually really kind of sad because um, his Jersey number, I think is 45. I'm not sure it is. And so I'm at a soft spot for the 45s because Bobby Jenks was my favorite closer of all time. So I am going to side with Tommy on this one, go for the optimistic route. Like as long as we can develop them properly and not overexert them, meaning develop the bullpen arms properly, that could be a good sign. Uh,
5: uh, Dealey, you think we just hand out these titles? It's well-earned. Father Soxvis this isn't just something we didn't like, you know, we didn't even like vote on it. It just like he woke up one day and the beard was there. It's like, okay, it, it is just wait till next year. Oh my God. When we have, 35 days of, of, of White Sox Christmas. It's going to be crazy. And it's all on you, Tommy. So start figuring or out now because it's, it's April. Uh, hey, and all of you, all you esteemed experts who I admire just to the bone are forgetting about the key solution to this left-handed problem. And that's a long man, lefty out of bullpen, Dallas Keuchel.
1: I did hear somebody throw out uh since you know there's still the rumors about them uh being in on Manaya and trying to bolster the starting pitching is going and getting a starter and putting Kopech back in a bullpen hybrid starter role. But that doesn't really help lefties, but uh it's uh an interesting thought at least. That doesn't help the rotation much either. The rotation really strong up top, and
5: then like, okay, well. Somebody's going to pitch. Right now it's Dallas Keuchel. Also Dallas is
1: probably the number 3 starter. He has to be right to break up all those righties. Like you can't throw 3 righties in a row and then Dallas.
5: Oh man, it's getting depressing now. Jeez. Okay, come on. Jesus we need to pick me Christ.
1: up. don't say that. Pick me up. Um, We're talking okay. about 2022 Cy Young award winner Dallas Keuchel here, okay, everybody. That is the pack. truth.
5: I mean, the t-shirts are practically printed up to Adrian uh, for sure. Okay, let's go around once more. Um before we wind this thing up, um, perhaps even on time. Uh, and that is what I want to know is hey, Rick Hahn redeemed himself. When it comes to trades, he does all right, man. Um his grade ugh, was hovering around the, the D to F. Uh tell me now, everything stops. No more deals, bad deals or good deals, no mania whatever. Right now, what's his grade for the off season And again, we will start up in the top left, two block. It's gonna be socks optimist, please.
0: Oh man.
5: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't warn you. There was going to be an essay question, but there is. No, that's,
0: that's okay. I mean, I've got Minea on the brain and that would be terrific, but <laughs> it disturbs me that the first person. And as far as I can find the only person talking about the Minea thing is Bob Nightingale. That's never a good sign. <laughs> so, I mean, let's assume I'll try to assume in my brain it's done today. I'll give him a C. Ooh,
1: C. Okay. Adrian. I'm going C plus. We still never dealt with starting pitching, which was the number one concern. Okay, rough. Trooper,
5: limited time here. I don't want to have to play off. Give me that grade. Is it going to be better than C-level?
6: Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd go B since he actually, or B-minus because he actually addressed a need. Uh, I, I'm not going to go as far as you as to say all of a sudden he's good at trades. His major league trade historically have been awful, but, uh, you know, kudos to him. I think this one was an even-steven trade that addressed a need.
5: We'll we'll have a side podcast afterward, Trooper. I'll, I'll explain to you why he's good at trades. Uh and yeah, I'm totally in I'm totally in the bag for Rickon. No doubt about it. Okay, Crystal, uh what's what's a grade you're giving Ricky Hahn?
2: I agree with a B minus. He addressed a need. He might have a solution for a better backup catcher. So I'm content with what he did.
5: Father Soxovus, please.
3: Once again, playing the outlier. I'm I'm going with C. I, I don't, like, yay, he addressed the need. That's what his job's supposed to be. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to give him an extra cookie for that. Like, good for him.
2: He's working with Jerry, though. Come on. Yeah,
3: that's yeah a- that that's a whole different podcast, too, because I, I have issues with people that I want to blame Jerry for him not knowing how to spend
1: money. But, I would have like, gave him good. a B if they uh, landed Austin Meadows, but they didn't want to take exactly. out any money. Yeah,
0: you guys must have got good grades growing up because like C is fine for me. I said C and
5: like
2: Same. I'll take that. C's get degrees. That, okay. That's right
4: now.
5: Uh, Delia, where are we at?
4: <laughs> I'm going to go with C's get degrees. Uh, C, uh, address to need, but not at the level that I want. But my I... level is in dream world, so.
5: Okay, White Sox, listen closely. To the person on this podcast who loves you most, who values you most, who you know really seriously, give me some love, man. You guys are rough. Uh, nobody asked, nobody cares what I think, but boy, I'm way closer to to Trooper here. Um, you know, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ding Han a little bit for just torturing us all goddamn uh, offseason. I understand, okay, yeah, lockout, whatever. Okay, did nothing beforehand and really waited till the very end. Uh, here and now but yeah okay he did all right fine you guys are saying see I'll give him a I'll give him a a, a B but because I like you so much Rick maybe it's a B plus maybe I, whatever higher than whatever trooper said uh, okay listen uh, okay we're less than a minute let's not get cut off thanks everybody for joining me on this including you the readers listeners and sometimes even viewers of the Southside Sox podcast. This has been number 96. We're going to wind it up. We'll probably have something to you really soon. We got Miners Podcast coming. We got a big, big week for opening day coming up. So uh, stick with us. We got more stuff than you even know what to do with.